Part three of the Catalogue of Testimonies by Jacob Andrea and Martin Chemnitz. Translated by F. Bente and W. H. T. Dow. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. 3. That, first of all, the Holy Scriptures, and then also the Holy Fathers of the ancient pure Church, speak concerning this mystery also, per vocabula abstracta, that is, in such words as expressly indicate the human nature in Christ, and refer to the same in the personal union, namely, that the human nature actually and truly has received and uses such majesty. John 6, 54-55 Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. 1 John 1, 7 The blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. Hebrews 9.14 The blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purges your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Matthew 26.26-28 Take, eat, this is my body, drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament. Eustatius, quoted by Theodoret, Dialogue 2. Therefore he prophesied that he, Christ the man, the human nature of Christ, would sit upon a holy throne, signifying that he has made himself known as sharing the throne with the most divine spirit on account of God's dwelling inseparably in him. The same, quoted in Galatius. The man Christ, who increased in wisdom, age, and favor, received the dominion of all things. The same in the same place. Christ, in his very body, came to his apostles, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, which power the external temple received, and not God, namely according to his divinity, who built that temple of his body of extraordinary beauty. Athanasius on the Arian and Catholic Confession God was not changed into human flesh or substance, but in himself glorified the nature which he assumed, so that the human, weak, and mortal flesh and nature advanced to obtain divine glory, so as to have all power in heaven and in earth, which it did not have before it was assumed by the word. The same on the assumed humanity against Apollinarius. Paul, Philippians 2, speaks of a his temple, which is his body. For not he who is the highest, but the flesh is exalted. And to his flesh he gave a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, to the glory of the Father. And he adds a general rule. When Scripture speaks of the glorification of Christ, it speaks of the flesh which has received glory. And whatever Scripture says that the Son has received, it declares with respect to his humanity, and not to his divinity. As when the Apostle says that in Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, we must understand that this fullness dwells in the flesh of Christ. The same, quoted by Theodoret, Dialogue 2. Sit on my right hand has been said to the Lord's body. Also, it is therefore the body to which he says, Sit on my right hand. Athanasius on the Incarnation, as quoted in Cyril in his defense of the Eighth Anathema, and in his book 
on the true faith to the queens. If anyone says that the flesh of our Lord as that of a man is inadorable, and is not to be worshipped as the flesh of the Lord and God, him the Holy Catholic Church anathematizes. The same, on humanity assumed. Whatever Scripture says that the Son has received, it understands as having been received with respect to his body, and that this body is the first-fruits of the Church. The Lord therefore first raised and exalted his body, but afterward also the members of his body. Hilary, Book 9 That thus the man Jesus remained in the glory of God the Father, if the flesh had been united to the glory of the Word, and the assumed flesh possessed the glory of the Word. Concrete for Abstract Eusebius of Emissa, in his homily of the sixth holiday after Easter. He who, according to his divinity, had always with the Father and the Holy Ghost power over all things, now also according to his humanity has received power over all things, so that this man, who suffered not long ago, rules over heaven and earth, yea, does here and there whatever he wishes. Gregory of Nyssa, quoted by Galatius in Theodoret, Dialogue 2. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, Acts 2.33, who then was exalted? The lowly one or the highest? But what is lowly if not the human? What else besides the divine is the highest? But God, being the highest, does not need to be exalted. Therefore the apostle says that the human nature was exalted, and that it was exalted by becoming Lord and Christ. Therefore, by the words he has made, the apostle does not express the premundane eternal subsistence of the Lord, but the advancement of that which is low to the highest namely, to the right hand of God. And shortly afterwards, because the right hand of God, the creator of all things that exist, which is the Lord, by whom all things were made, and without whom nothing of those things that were made subsist, has itself through the union raised up to its own height the man who has been united with it. Basil the Great against Eunomius, Book 2. When Peter, Acts 2, says, God hath evidently made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. By the demonstrative word, that same, he applies himself almost entirely to his human nature, seen by all. Shortly afterwards, so that in saying, God hath made him both Lord and Christ, he says that power and dominion over all things were entrusted to him, to the humanity, by the Father. Epiphanius against the Ariomanites. Peter, by adding, This same Jesus whom ye crucified, indicates the incarnation of the Lord, and it is manifest that he is speaking of the flesh, in order that the holy incarnate dispensation might not be left by the impassable and uncreated word, but might be united above to the uncreated word. On this account, God made that which was conceived of Mary, and united to deity, both Lord and Christ. Ambrose, Book 3, Chapter 12, of the Holy Ghost. The angels adore not only the divinity of Christ, but also his footstool. And afterwards, the prophet says, 
that the earth which the Lord Jesus took upon himself in the assumption of the flesh is to be adored. Therefore by footstool the earth is understood, but by earth the flesh of Christ, which we today also adore in the mysteries, and which the apostles adored in the Lord Jesus, as we have said above. Augustine, on the words of the Lord, Discourse 58. If Christ is not God by nature, but a creature, he is neither to be worshipped nor adored as God. But to these things they will reply and say, Why then is it that you adore with his divinity his flesh, which you do not deny to be a creature, and are no less devoted to it than to deity? The same on Psalm 99.5. Worship his footstool. His footstool is the earth. And Christ took upon him earth of earth, because flesh is of earth and he received flesh of the flesh of Mary. And because he walked here in this very flesh, he also gave this very flesh to be eaten by us for salvation. But no one eats that flesh unless he has first worshipped it. Therefore the way has been found how such footstool of the Lord may be worshipped, so that we not only do not sin by worshipping, but sin by not worshipping. Chrysostom on Hebrews 2 for it is really great and wonderful and full of awe that our flesh should be seated above and be worshipped by angels and archangels and by the seraphim and cherubim. Reflecting upon this, I am often entranced, seem to be beside myself. The same on 1 Corinthians 10. This body, even when lying in the manger, the magi worshipped, and so forth. And they took a long journey, and having come, they worshipped with much fear and trembling. The same in Epistle 65 to Leo. Let us learn to know which nature it is to which the Father said, Share my seat. It is the nature to which it has been said, Dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Theophylact from Chrysostom on chapter 28 of Matthew. Since the human nature but recently condemned, united in person with God the Word, is seated in heaven, worshipped by angels. He says properly, All power is given unto me in heaven. For also the human nature which but recently served, now in Christ, rules over all things. The same on chapter 3 of John. He has also given all things into the hand of the Son, according to his humanity. Cyril on the Incarnation, chapter 11. The Word introduced himself into that which he was not, in order that the nature of man also might become what it was not, resplendent by its union with the grandeur of divine majesty, which has been raised beyond nature, rather than that it has cast the unchangeable God beneath its nature. Council of Ephesus in Canon 11 If anyone does not confess that the flesh of the Lord is quickening, because it was made the Word's own, who quickens all things, let him be anathema. Cyril also, in his explanation of this anathematization, says that Nestorius was unwilling to ascribe quickening to the flesh of Christ, but explained the passages in John 6 as referring to the divinity alone. Theodoret, Dialogue 2. And it, the body of the Lord, was deemed worthy of the seat of the right hand, and is worshipped by every creature, as it is called the body of the Lord of nature, the body of God. The same on Psalm 8. Such honor, 
namely, dominion over the universe, the human nature in Christ has received of God. Leo, Epistle 11. It is a promotion of that which is assumed, man, and not of him who assumes, God, that God has exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Damascenus, Book 3, Chapter 18. Therefore his, Christ's, divine will was both eternal and omnipotent, and so forth. But his human will not only began in time, but also endured natural and unblameable affections, and indeed was not omnipotent by nature. But as it has truly and by nature become the will of God the Word, it is also omnipotent. This means, as explained by the commentator, the divine will has by its own nature the power to do all things which it wishes, but Christ's human will does not have power to do everything by its nature, but as united to God the Word. The same, chapter 19. The flesh has communion with the operating divinity of the Word, because the divine operations are accomplished as through the organ of the body, and because he that works both in a divine and human fashion is one. For it is necessary to know that his holy mind works also its natural operations and so forth, shares in the working and managing and guiding divinity of the word, understanding and knowing and managing everything, the entire universe, not as the mere mind of a man, but as personally united with God and being constituted the mind of God. The same in the same book, chapter 21. The human nature does not essentially possess knowledge of the future, but the soul of the Lord, on account of the union with the Word Himself and the personal identity, was, apart from the other divine criteria, rich also in knowledge of the future. At the end of the chapter, we say that this Master and Lord of all creation, the one Christ, who is at the same time God and man, knows also all things. For in him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Nicephorus, Book 18, Chapter 36 Christ is seen by his disciples on the mountain in Galilee, and there asserts that the highest powers in heaven and in earth has, by the Father, been delivered him, namely, according to his human nature. End of Part 3